Welcome to Mute, I might already. Thank you for listening. My name is Jared Birdsong. This is a podcast about everything from comic books, fantasy, and sci-fi, to the roles that women, ethnic or religious minorities, and the LGBTQ community play in the creation of those genres. Let's get after it. Thank you, Zio. Uh, with us today is Tendai, the 10th planet Naya Choto, <laughs> Frank Escamilla, also known as Professor Flex, my man Jared Sam, the Nerd Master General, oh, wow. no, one, of my oldest, <laughs> one of my oldest friends in the world, my Star Wars companion and buddy, Janessa Flores, Mas Fuego, and you guys, well, you don't know me, but you will know me, Barack Obagans, the first black mayor of the Shire. Let's get into it. All right. Uh, so, man, segment one, what are we going to talk about? What is it? Um, if you don't know, then now you know. The Tenth Planet named it. Tendai, let's get into it. What are you getting after these days? Oh, yes. Uh, if you don't know, what you, if you don't <laughs> know now you know. Right. Um, the segment of what are we into right now? Yeah, what are you, what are you reading? Comic books, all the good stuff. Um, yeah. I am reading, I'm reading a graphic novel called Inde. It's um, about the Apache Wars oh, in shit. the late, eight, about the mid-18, I think 1852, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, actually, let me take a look at my notes. Just make sure I'm. Uh, oh. <laughs> just make sure I got this correct. Correct date. So yeah, it is 18. Yeah, 1852. Oh, what? And it's um, a graphic novel, actually written by Ethan Hawke, the actor and director Ethan Hawke. I heard about that. Okay. And it was um, it's actually illustrated by um, famed graphic novel no, graphic novelist illustrator Greg Ruth. Okay. Known for The Lost Boys and some other stuff. Um, so basically, it's about Geronimo. You know, that it didn't, basically, we all know how the history goes with America and how they treated the natives and still treating the natives. So it's about that slice of history and how Geronimo pretty much got a start. Yeah, Ethan Hawke is on that too? He, he, is, he is the author, yes. Oh, shit. So originally he tried to, um, in, originally he tried to um, write it as a screenplay. And, of course, Hollywood, for some reason, didn't want to put it out there huh. because it was a story that's actually it's an excellent story told from the perspective of the Native Americans. Nice. And so Hollywood didn't think it was marketable, and so he decided to just release it as a graphic novel. All right, let's um. Since... Wait, so Ethan Hawke's mutant name would be the Dreamy Activist? <laughs> is the Dreamy Activist? I think. Not that Dreamy. I, I, I think he would. He preferred the Dreamy Ally. Uh, oh. Yeah, right. Well, like yeah, white dudes, right. right? The hippie white dudes you gotta love them. All right, let's um. Since Janessa's our first guest, we gotta pass it on to her. Yeah. All we want to know is what you what are you reading? What are you watching? It can be anything. It doesn't have to be all nerd stuff. Did he not okay, prepare no. you for this? No, no. That one, yes. Um, honestly, I am not reading anything right now because I'm on break from school, and all I do is read for school all the time, and so I'm not reading anything, which, which is nice for me. Um, watching, I'm watching Mr. Robot. I'm super behind on that one. Um, and we're also, we watched The Mandalorian actually three times, three oh, different wow. times. Wow. Um, just because I love it. And, um, <laughs> yeah, we keep watching it. Anytime, it's basically background noise at our house. Like anytime anything's going on, it's just playing. And with my kids, they love it, especially my little one, Beams. Um, so, yeah, and Baby Yoda, come on now. He like is the saving grace of this 
2019, because 2019 was whack. All right, let's turn it to Professor Flex. What you into, Mabel? Oh, we on me? Yeah. <laughs> So I forgot thought, your I name. Thought we, I thought we were going in order. I thought we were no, going it doesn't matter. There's no more order, man. Oh, man. Um, it's chaos. Yeah. Reading is no order. I'm just getting off a little break from work, so I was right. reading. Um, I've been reading the Neverending Story. So There's a book for so that. It was, it, it was a book first. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh, I think it's from Germany by an author named Michael End or Michael Endy. But it's, I love doing that. I love. I love. Um, reading books after I've watched the movie, the movie, as opposed to doing the opposite. I enjoy like seeing what the differences were, but I'm more judgmental when I when I read the book first and then watch the movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, and then on, other than The Mandalorian, and uh, that's that's my nerd show that I just finished. I'm watching. Uh, I just finished True Detective season three, and I'm halfway through season two of a Netflix show called You. How was that? It's actually really good. I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's like from the perspective of this sociopath, like stalker, killer, and um, but it also like makes you question like what is crazy in our behavior, other than this like extreme person who's, you know, who who, yeah. who can't do any wrong in his own head, um, and makes you see like while people are interacting acting with him, uh, how we question what in our everyday lives is crazy. It's it's just a really good show. I'm, I'm enjoying it. So. Yeah. Did you uh, season one or season? I've seen both seasons. Okay. Yeah. There's no oh. comics you read right now? Um, I'm still I'm still reading um, X Men right now still. Yeah. I'm going getting through the new series of X Men which I'm really enjoying. I'm actually really excited about it because because I started as an X Men fan and then I just got lost in in you know the copious amounts of titles they came out with and um, so now that it's revamping it's starting over. Uh, it's really exciting, and I'm enjoying the story. And I'm reading this this book called Monstrous. Uh, I forget the author right now, but Rico it's Tamaki, I think. Is Rico that Tamaki, or maybe? Oh, maybe. No, I think you're right. I think yeah. that that's actually I think that's the exact All right. All right. exact name. I think uh, yeah, because I remember because she won a whole bunch of awards for this. Yeah, yeah. This book. Um, Tamaki, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's and good, it's, it's, it's a good, really yeah. good book. I'm halfway through it, and they sold it to me saying like, oh, if, if you like like horror and you like Game of Thrones, you're gonna love this, and they they hit it right on. So. Uh, Nerd Master General, Jared. What's up, man? Nerd Master General. Um, so yeah, like I'm always like watching and stuff <laughs> while I'm like drawing. I've been drawing a lot this uh, this holiday, so like I'm a bit. Uh, so uh, so yeah, man. Like I was watching The Witcher, The Witcher uh, TV show, which I'm digging. I don't know, like I'm a big fan of the, of the game, like Witcher Three at least. Um, and they kind of nailed that sort of like. Anyone played the game? Has anyone played Witcher Three? You play Witcher 3 I've now? seen I've seen uh, the gameplay, but I've never played it. Dude, it's like, it's just a world full of like just like horrible people, horrible white people. It just, it makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense that it's just a world full of horrible white people, and like they're not all bad. They're not all Hitlers, but like you know they they all got something about them where you just like like oh man, like <laughs> you're almost there, right? This is the game, The Witcher. This is The Witcher. This is a, but the TV show does it too, where it's like you got all these people because like. It's one of those shows because it's like uh, it's like Scandinavian or something like that, mm-hmm. right? The origin. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's black people in Scandinavia. So like the Witcher is like their black person, <laughs> and like Witcher and like elves and like all the, like the supernatural stuff is their black people. So it's like, so it's weird because like it's part of you watching it like they're treating that beautiful white man like a nigger. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's he's other. Oh man. Wow. But uh, pardon. But you know. That's dirty. If I could take that yeah. back, I wouldn't have said that word. Yeah. I dropped it pretty hard. Yeah, that no one's ready for that. Yeah. But you put the R on the. I end put of the that. R on it too, man. Damn, that, just, hurt, just, that hurt just, me a little that's bit. That's just how I'm feeling right now. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, um, but yeah, but it's good. They capture that in the show. Yeah. So if you don't mind, like that, like that can like mess with your head a little bit. Yeah, you know, a little bit. Like why, you know, all these pe- white people. But there is yeah. some like some black people like it's 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 got a great cast um, and it's just like a hard fantasy um, sort of TV yeah. series. I, I'm That's really like right it. up my alley, you dude. I would love that. You might dig it. And like and like there's a bard there's a bard who's like uh, who sings a song that's kind of a banger. Like the first every time there's music in TV shows, I get kind of like oh it's gonna be corny as it's gonna be corny yeah. as hell, right? But I'm not gonna lie. By the end of that show, end of that episode, he started singing that song, and I was like, "All right, toss a coin to your Witcher." You know, like, like it's that was a corny song. Dude. It was a corny song, but I don't want to tell you, man. It's, it's in my head you, right man. now. It got stuck in my head too. It's in my head I'm right so now. I'm so angry about that. <laughs> <laughs> right now, you're feeling the song. Um, and yeah, and I'm reading like, uh, what am I reading? I'm reading uh, Marvel stuff. Like they they released a book called Incoming. It's like every year, you know, they like Marvel or DC, they release like a big, giant, 80 to 100 page book where they're trying to get you excited about the next year's worth of output. Yeah. Um, and this one, and they're usually pretty bad because it's like eight different people. It's not even eight. It's like 10 different writers and 12 different artists all coming together to tell one story. And so it's not very effective. But what, what I found interesting about the book, I don't recommend it. Don't read it. But what I find interesting about the book, though, is that like... Like on the slide, Marvel is like full of like all these like different perspectives, and not, and not just like in terms of like characters, like characters of color, and not just like oh we t- make Captain America a black guy, but like legit like oh here's this black character that's been around forever or for a long time, like Night Thrasher's in the book, and you know what I mean? Like and he's still he's still rocking a skateboard, you know what I mean? Like like like, like just the characters like that where you're just like oh man, there's actually a rich variety of characters in Marvel that you're not even thinking about like you know and then like also like you know uh, Eve Ewing uh, I think she's a poet she's yeah. a black lady but she's writing like you know champion she's got Riri Williams in like, and, like there's all these different characters and writers that are coming in that are really kind of injecting at least Marvel um, and you see that over at DC too but there's a lot of variety and a lot of uh, diversity which I, which I appreciate but um, but yeah, and also Star Wars. But we're gonna get into that. We're gonna yeah, get into that. Into that. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, um, what am I reading right now? Um, I'm actually, um, I picked up because I never finished it 20 years ago. Um, Sandman. Oh. So I picked up Neil Gaiman's trade, as we talked about. I'm only like buying trades now. So the trades have the fir- one through six. Actually, the impetus for me getting it is because I've been watching Preacher. Season four. Have any of you guys seen Preacher season four? Preacher is nothing like Sandman. <laughs> I know, I know. But the reason was because the thing about it was that I exactly or very opposite. Yeah, yeah. But they were both Vertigo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the thing about it was is that I picked up Sandman back 20 years ago at the comic bookie in Claremont. Right, Remember right. when the comic bookies were right there on the corner? So I picked it up there. And at the time, I was only picking up Sandman, but I was never picking up Preacher because, you know, Hellblazer was hard to. I wasn't quite sure what to think about anybody. I didn't finish any of them, but some of them are series now. And but you guys, some of you guys know what the the preacher series was originally for the uh, Vertigo, right? That show is crazy. Yeah. And so the part of me thought, well, let me go back and read Sam. I just want to see did I miss something? Was all of Vertigo like this? 
Because at the time, remember, Sandman was supposed to be the best of what Vertigo was offering at the time. Pretty much across the board. Most people that are reading Vertigo stuff were saying that, yes, Hellblazer was good. Yeah. You know, some of the other stuff um, was pretty good, too. I mean, some of them came from DC, because I think uh, Constantine, Hellblazer stuff, jumped from DC to uh, Vertigo, if I'm not mistaken. I think and, the opposite. Yeah. I think it jumped from Vertigo to DC. Was it? Because I think um, Constantine's first appearance was in a Swamp Thing. But I think Swamp, well, that's true. But I think Swamp yeah. Thing, that's when Alan Moore was right now. Okay, I is say that it? Now. And maybe it was, was pre-Vertigo, yeah. but I think Swamp Thing was kind of the, the archetype that went okay. to Vertigo. Well, you know I will defer to your knowledge. Uh, well, I, I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I know 100% about that. Stuff. You know better than I do most, most of the time. <laughs> but anyways, that was the reason why, because I don't know, that show is wild. That, man, because the, the weirdest thing about Preacher, that show, is that it's a show, I'm surprised, they must have a small viewership. Because I'm surprised they're not being protested. Because it's a show about preacher being a Catholic priest. And remember how much remember Dogma? Mm-hmm. You remember how much grief Ben Affleck and yeah. you know Kevin Smith got for that? This is Dogma times ten. The bad guy in the show is God. That's the bad guy. Yeah. I mean, it is just it's off the rails. He's I feel a like prick, man. He's a, dude, he's a real prick, dude. Man, <laughs> there was a comic book that I, I used to get called Battle Pope, right? And I don't know if you guys, but there was this, it was out. But the thing about was was um, basically the previous pope had died, but he died because he didn't know how to fight. Essentially, that's what they're saying. So they wouldn't got this dude who wasn't worthy of being a pope, but just because he was really good at kicking ass. And so battle pope is out there. He's doing a lot of shady, hedonistic things and stuff, you know. But he's really good at killing demons. That was Robert Kirkman. Was that who it was battle it was pope? Robert Kirkman, it was that. Yeah. That was that's what this feels like. That's what this feels like. Anyways, I finished watching The Mandalorian. Uh, what else did I finish watching? Um, I finished watching um, His Dark Materials. What'd you think of that? Um, it is now we talked about what's called when it first came out. Um, uh, the Golden Compass. Remember that? Mm-hmm. That was how long ago, man? Like fifteen years ago or so, man. Yeah, but yeah, but I remember you and I talking about that. So this one is obviously that same story. It moves much slower because it's doing. It's more episodic. Right. So it moves way slower. And it feels like it moves slower. The thing about it is, it's um, uh, what's Homegirl's name for X twenty three? Daphne Keane, that plays X twenty three. Yeah, Laura. Right. Yeah, Sarah, on right. Logan, that played uh, X, uh, Wolverine's daughter in the movies. That is it, Daphne Keane. I think it's Daphne Keane. Remember how yeah, good? I remember Sony was like, man, her Spanish is excellent. Yeah. You remember, I was like, the first thing Sony no- noticed was, man, her Spanish is so good. But in this, she's got a British accent. And a lot of times when you watch people do, you know, with a British accent, you start to think, especially if you've seen them in another movie, their first thought is, oh, they were British all this time, just doing an American accent. <laughs> but I'm, I'm watching this, and like her accent's pretty bad. So have you seen that, Janessa? I've seen parts of it. Yeah, it's not I, that great. So. Yeah, the yeah, show is so so. Yeah, yeah. I, I finished it. Uh, did you? What'd yeah, you think? Yeah, I, I did. I, I, it just. They made you and not you and McGregor, but. Uh, 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 How can I Professor X. Yeah, uh, Professor X. What's Professor X? What's his uh, real name? What's that? Uh, uh, I, like, I like that guy. What's the actor? Come on. The guy, Professor no X. Remember? That was Professor X in the first class. Second movie. Professor I'm, X. I'm not good with real names. <laughs> Praise I'm not good with real names. <laughs> I don't acknowledge any name. professor except Professor, professor Flex. Flex. Oh, oh, yeah. That's the only about. professor yeah. worthy of acknowledgement. Janessi, you looking it up? That's cheating. That's not cheating. That's functional, man. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, it's all good. But yeah. He, yeah. it move, the show doesn't move, man. Like, like it's 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 one of those shows that like. If the, got a name. Got a name? Wait, no, I'm not sure. Uh, Patrick, <laughs> not Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Patrick Stewart. 
James, James McAvoy. James, James McAvoy. McAvoy. There we go. McAvoy. I was reading. I was reading that name, but then it also said Patrick Stewart. So I apologize. <laughs> Sorry. See, that's I mean, Patrick Stewart. He's iconic. You can't take his eyes, your eyes off of him. You yeah. see him like, oh, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. He's like he's like a human like volume. Like you look at him, you just calm down. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. I don't feel that way about McAvoy. You think about you and McGregor or McAvoy? Because McAvoy gets my temperature up, <laughs> and not in that way. What, and what, and not in that way, Frankie. What places are we talking about? <laughs> PG-13. Son. I know you don't know what PG-13 means, but this is this is a prime example of it. Uh, all right, you guys. Um, let's move on. I guess unless anybody else got. Oh, um, also, t- uh, I'm actually reading the book Slugfest. Okay. Like my wife, Jared is cheating by listening to the book. Yeah. It's not the same thing. Whatever, man. You take it, you're taking. You told me about that book. You told me about that book like like months ago. Yeah, I and know, I'm, I'm pretty sure like I'm pretty much on you. Like, what, yeah, like, you what decade are you in? I'm also reading. Yeah, dude, I'm in the 70s, man. I'm like on a hundred page of 135. or I'm so. in the 70s right now too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, and okay. the book is about like it's a book about the history between Marvel and DC and yeah. their like epic rivalry. It is a worthwhile read, and it, it, a lot a of it good. really speaks to what we're talking about now, right? Do you mean just in terms of a little bit about um in terms of like the mutant or minority kind of idea, right? Because what they really get into in Slugfest, remember, there's parts of it where he's talking about the thing about um. Uh, Marvel was that their characters weren't one-dimensional. Remember there's a part in the book where he says, why are all the – essentially all the characters at DC are the same dudes to just different costumes. Because they <laughs> like say – their dialogue's interchangeable, It's right? interchangeable yeah, yeah, dialogue. Yeah, yeah. You remember he gets into that. He's like, it's basically the same cats. It doesn't feel like you're really dealing with the same characters, and that was the difference with Marvel. Right, right. By the time you got to Marvel, at least it, there was something different about all the characters. They were multidimensional. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say that about DC long-term, because DC, obviously, I think they corrected that. But at the time, well, yeah. I mean, that's just but cool. As right, yeah. a history book, it's yeah. just cool kind of seeing, like, yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like, it's just weird thinking about like Marvel as being like this sort of like counterculture sort of like I know, right? thing that like that people saw as counterculture and they were like really comics used to be really popular guys like like I don't know it's weird growing up when we were growing up like I, you had to flex like you weren't reading comics in order to get any kind of play on any level you know what I mean but I, now it's changed a bit you know but like. To think about like in the '60s when Stanley was doing this stuff, like comics were huge, like and the stuff he made in particular, it's it's fascinating. It's a really good read. Is Sergio Aragon getting girlfriends? Oh, big time. No, but I was gonna say it's a generational <laughs> thing because my I have a brother who's three years older than me, and like that's how I know and got into everything that I'm into now because yeah. he brought home the comic books and stories and read, and I mean we were talking about earlier about D and D and like those spaces, and so. He, I never knew a life that didn't exist outside of that. Right, right. And so anytime I met younger generations and they were into it, I just assumed it was normal. I didn't realize it was nerd culture or yeah. it was and it, um, something that wasn't cool. Just because in our house, it was, yeah. you know, so. That's cool. You had a, good, you had a cool-ass house. Yeah, you had a cool house. Nice. Well, I remember what Jared and I met on the poetry scene. And and uh, we would be on the you know we would be inside and doing poetry and everybody would stand outside and nobody ever spoke about comics until one time <laughs> I forget who it was it was it was neither of us or maybe it was one of us that made a Spider-Man reference yeah. and then we all looked at each other like is this safe <laughs> can we talk are we gonna talk about this are we really are we really all nerds here and it and it opened up a whole different type of friendship. That's awesome. Um, 
but it, but it is. It was, there was a caution, right? It's like, yeah, we're, we're poets, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> who's talking about Spider-Man? We're poets. And, and then all of a sudden, we're like, yeah, I loved him better when he had to put cartridges in his web scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. But with the success of Marvel, though, is nerd culture now cool? Is it now safe? Can people openly be nerds? I, I think so. I would say yes, and I'm, I'm speaking from a female perspective and also as a mother who has a teenage daughter who's very much into this, and she does not think twice about what her friends are going to think or where, you know, any, she doesn't question any of that. It's like she's very secure in things that she likes, and she embraces it. Like, she'll say, like, I'm a nerd. Like, it's, you know, part of who she is. But I don't, it's, at, before... I mean, because I go back to Revenge of the Nerds because that's how old I am. And you think of these mentality where people are tortured and harassed. And I'm not going to lie and say that like my older brother wasn't because he wasn't a jock. Um, but um, I also don't think that had anything to do with what he was into. I just think that we lived in a town that had a bunch of a-holes. Yeah. So um, I feel like more so now, um, the younger generations, and especially with how big Marvel is and how many movies are constantly coming out, that's kind of like destigmatized the nerd title. See, that's my concern is that it's becoming blase. Like, right? Like, it's because, because, like, you know, that's my bread and butter. That's what I do for a living is make nerd stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I make nerd shit, and I'm afraid that people are going to be like, oh, nerd shit. We're over that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that, that's actually kind of my concern about it is yeah. that it's too accepted, which is strange to kind of say yeah. because at one point in my life, I was like, I wish people would just accept this. You know? Yeah. And now that it's happened, I'm like, how dare they accept this? It's, it's very, it's, I'm a hypocrite. I apologize. That, you know, that's like a lot of things. That's like um, like punk rock and hip hop too, right? Right, right. Because there was that period where like you know um, in like the 70s and 80s with like punk rock, where it was like, oh yeah, man, you know, like you know, people hated punks. They could like find them, like beat them up and stuff like that. And the same thing, not necessarily with hip hop. Hip hop came out strong, but there was a period where there was like there was this underground hip hop scene. Right, right. But then the underground hip hop scene became the hip hop scene. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, I guess we lost that too. You know what I'm saying? Like there were just sometimes you just stuff you you. you you just lose for one reason or another and stuff, man. But anyways, um, I kind of want to get into it. But one thing I wanted to bring up that I thought Janessa um, pinpointed, and we can all get down with this. Janessa can't to some extent because she is the lone female here. But uh -oh. going to a con <laughs> and being girls there, oh, that tripped me out, man, because years had gone by. since I, I think I went to the Anime Expo and I was texting you. Yeah. Like, man, that was like seven, eight years ago, right? Yeah. And I'm like, man, there's a game. Like, what happened? Because there had to be a period of time. Like, what happened between, in that 10 years, between the last con I had gone to? Manga. I, I agree. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> Manga. Yeah. Sa yeah. Sailor Moon. Yeah. Well, I, th yeah. I think graphic novels, too. I think graphic, I think a lot of um, young ladies got like, graphic novels. But, man, you go to a lot of these cons, man, 45, 50% of the consumption of the people there that are young ladies, man. And... I don't know if I'm happy or mad. You know what I'm saying? Why would you be mad about oh, that? I'm happy. Well, I'm happy for the young men there now, but I remember oh, at the yeah. time, I was like, man. It was just me and a. Because, dude, you remember back in the days, if you went to a comic shop, it was mostly old dudes at the comic shop. And if you went to a con and you were in 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, right. it was a bunch of old dudes at the, at the, at the con as well. You know what I'm saying? Now we're the old dudes. Yeah, it's true. It was the dream to meet a girl at a comic convention. No, no, I mean, you know, she was a legend, right? It was like Bigfoot. It yeah. was, you know, we never, you never saw him unless it was someone's mom. 
Dropping rem- them off. Yeah, dropping them off. Yeah. You know, and every once in a while, there'd, there'd, there'd be a... I a, swear, a, she's real. She's yeah. been in comic books, and her name is Janessa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm, but I'm so happy we're past that, because I, I always got gross. Because, like, yeah, I worked at, at that comic shop, and so it's just like, sometimes, like, women would come in, I just feel so bad, because, like, like dudes would just leer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just got uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I got I to gotta say something, because I did go to many comic book shops with my brothers, and the comic book employees, workers, they were jerks. They were almost uh, like, uh, you don't know, and yeah. like, you don't know. They were talking about all the different comic book numbers, and it was out of order. You didn't know characters and planets and this and that. So they made you feel, in, I mean, super insecure about yeah. saying it out loud. Like, there was like a whole culture of comic book nerds who were like truly I, in my eyes they felt superior to my peasant you know comic book novels. they were trying to neg you they were trying to be like because i okay i know i know those guys what they're trying to do is make you feel like oh this guy knows so much more about comics than me let me worship you whatever but those guys were, were the worst i work with those guys actually that's a lie like i was lucky to work with a lot of dudes who actually we didn't feel that way at the comic bookie uh and i'm so happy that now like comic shops i go to are all like uh, there was one in particular. It's not, it's, unfortunately, it's not open anymore. But it's called Blast Off, and their staff was mostly women, yeah. and they were they were more knowledgeable than me. And I've been doing this stuff forever. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. If I may, I think that goes back to what uh, Frankie was even saying earlier, to some extent, right? Is that you know it was you know is it safe? I think a lot of young ladies liked comic books back in the days. It was that issue is is it safe to do it? Because one thing for like guys to be a little bit nerdy and a little bit geeky it's even more of a so you know and you know turning someone into a social pariah to be female and to have that right you know because there's even more of that social pressure i mean i mean janessa and i are probably going to rap about this a little bit i have an 11 year old and i can already see the social pressure that's kind of coming down on her a little bit you know not about you know being nerdy or geeky but just about just Everything, right? Not to mention they're at that age where their bodies are changing a little bit. And I'm not talking physically, but um, hormonally, right? So now throw in something that could be perceived as nerdy or geeky, and then, man, the bottom just falls out. Yeah. All right. All right, you guys down to move on, or you want to keep on a whole lot of that a little bit? <laughs> I'm watching the time, trying to make sure uh, Frankie doesn't fall asleep or start cursing too much. All right, <laughs> close. Yeah, I know. It's coming right? up. I know. It's now I'm having all these tra- dramatic flashbacks about Comic Con. I know. Oh, damn. Surrounded by dudes, old hairy men. <laughs> but that it was a motley crew, man. Yeah. Man. It was like a motley crew of cats. All right. Uh, so you want to move into the main topic? Yeah. All right. So we in um. Our pilot episode, we covered Rise of Skywalker, but this is, uh, I guess, our more official first episode. So let's go back and talk a little bit about Rise of Skywalker. And uh, since she wasn't here last time, Janessa gets to start. You cool with that? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, for me, growing up watching Star Wars and it just being a part of my life, I just have to start off by saying I'm thankful that I lived long enough to actually watch it on a big screen because I just I don't I did I never thought it was ever going to happen even when all the other episodes started coming out like I never thought that, that I was going to actually see that in my lifetime. Yeah. So being able to share that love that I had for Star Wars with my kids was like a whole other level. You know because they you know when we we went to the to see Rise of Skywalker, both of our families, which we do annually. Um, 
and I had my six-year-old asking questions the whole time the whole time and she was asking serious questions like to to the point where like my husband whom I love and adore he was like trying to get me to get, get her to shut up he's like we're trying to watch the movie but like she was asking solid questions that I would have not even thought about you know as a six-year-old child so was I disappointed there were some points yes where I was like you know I guess the one part, the main, can I talk about that? No, so the main, the, the, the scene where I thought they killed Chewie, <laughs> like I was so, I can't cuss, I was just so upset that I was like, how are they going to do Chewie like that? Because I already felt like there were so many, like so many other characters that I grew up loving were done wrong. Um, so, and then that was part of it, like. Alima, she was like, why'd they kill Chewie? Why'd they have to kill Chewie? So I'm like all caught up in the emotions and then we realized he's still alive and I was okay. But like, um, at that point, I pet, my heart had given up. Like, on Star Wars, I was like, this is <laughs> S-H-I-T. Um, it's shit, she spells shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because my, my, my child might listen to this that's one cool. day. I'll be it's here, yeah. No, but Caca. I mean, and there were, there were, there were moments, yeah. I was like, anyways, there were just moments where I was, it was the roller coaster because like I said, I was happy that I got to actually live to see it and be there with people I love. Um, but there was definitely moments where I was like, definitely disappointed. Um, but you know, that's like, I, I can say that about so many things, so many movies and so many books and time, how much time that we've all invested in Star Wars just in general, how it's become a part of our lives. You know, I mean, it's just, um, yeah. There's a lot more I want to say, but I'm going to stop for now. <laughs> Anyone got any questions for Janessa on this? Questions. We went through a lot of stuff. Well, I mean, we I want to put it all on. Yeah, I do. Yeah. No, we shouldn't. We, I think she, she deserves to be a part of what we kind of... I don't want to be like, yo, so what did you think of all Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, think about all the, the questions we talked about last time. I mean, there was a... Go on. Oh, yeah, but this is a, this is a very, um, very interesting question that only Janessa could um, answer. How do you feel about the term Mary Sue um, being applied to the main, main character, Ray? A Mary Sue is a, um, I guess, a trope. It's like a slanderous trope in that uh, where a female character, where she's just automatically badass and, um, and she's, she's, she's perceived as having too much power. What, what, how do you feel about that term in terms of being a, a negative connotation applied to like Ray and just, just in terms of like women in general and movies? Bingo, of course. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I wasn't necessarily a fan of Ray in the beginning, and I too felt like, why does, you know, I didn't I didn't understand, like, how she had all this power, and, you know, I mean, there were things about it that I was figuring out, but then at the same time, I was thinking that about Finn. I'm like, and that's a whole other story, because I'm still not a fan of Finn. <laughs> Unpopular opinion, probably, but I just, I mean, even at the end, I was just like, Kind of like the same thing, like, why did they write his character like that? Why did they give him all these, like, zingers that just didn't work out in his favor? And, like, his character just, I, w I really wanted to like him. I really did. It was like, so exciting seeing, like, a black character at the center exactly. of Star Wars. And for them to just do nothing with his exactly. character exactly. is heartbreaking. Well, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. Yeah, no, I mean, and I just, even just the whole story, like, I would have liked to hear the story of, you know, him becoming a stormtrooper or his family or, like, just just what got him to that space you know, just went a little bit deeper because it's just like he shows up 
and then there's this weird love story, and then there's this even more awkward love story when they throw in that other gal, and like, then like at the end, it never really, nothing really happens. It's just like a bunch of like empty holes, and I don't know if they did that with intention, yeah. because like, oh, well, we could possibly turn this around and make more money with other movies, but that's not answering your question. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely, actually, definitely a tangent, but I'm yeah. curious, what do you think of the Mary? Do you th- do you think she's a Mary Sue or? Well, um. Well, I mean, yeah, she she definitely did definitely didn't deserve, you know, she didn't, didn't earn her uh, her abilities. Right. But I mean, if you look at she's consistent in terms of this trilogy where everybody just has super abilities automatically. Even like she said, Finn, uh, Emperor, you know, Palpatine, he was more powerful than ever. Yeah, he yeah. Went from shocking people to shock to, to shocking a whole fleet of, of spaceships. You know. So, I think yeah. the I think the term is derogatory. Right, right. Um in terms of, you know, People having a backlash. I think people are having a backlash against women being represented in uh, lead roles, particularly action action roles. Um, but in terms of the character, how it was written, where everything's unearned, yeah, that's that's a problem in itself. But it's, it's also a consistent problem with it with the whole trilogy. The, this new one, you mean? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when I think about her role and what little girls see. I'm very appreciative for the that she was the main character and that she is someone that my children could see on a screen. They may not, she didn't physically look like my children, but like that she was a badass. Yeah. Like, cause so many times women are just put in these spaces where they're like, oh, someone needs to save me. And that's the constant thing. Like, you know, especially with Disney, mm-hmm. when you're talking Disney movies, like that's, that's always like they're being saved. I mean, with the exception with Mulan and um, there's some other um, Moana. I keep on yeah. thinking of Captain Marvel. Like I didn't like Captain Marvel. I still don't. I, th- I I just didn't come together for me. But like when I saw like my boss's kid, like saw her reaction to it and how much she just exactly. loves that character. Yeah. Like it was it, it, like I turned around on the movie a bit. Like I still don't like exactly. it, but like I appreciate it. Does that make sense? <laughs> and yeah. you know, but yeah, I mean, like there's something powerful about just seeing a a character. Like I try to use my blackness a lot for those things I don't understand. So like with you know, I have gay friends who might have objections objections to something or female friends or whatever. And I try to use my blackness because like otherwise it's hard for me that might be hard for me to understand, like, oh, what's the big deal? And it's like, oh, I guess if it was a black guy or something. Like it helps me understand it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I, and so like, yeah, so yeah, seeing that character, even they aren't necessarily represented the way you'd want them to, it's still a win. It's still great to see. You, you can't, you can't like, yeah. I get it, I get it, but not for the sacrifice of a, of a good story. Like, Leia was that same thing. Leia, in fact, was more than that, right? Like, right. Leia didn't need to be rescued. She needed to get out of that, At no of point. that, of that room, yeah. right? Yeah. That was it. Like, yeah. she just needed to get out of the room. They didn't rescue yeah. her. She rescued them. Right, yeah. right, and the entire way through, like she. I mean, they did fall in the trash. She's my first love, my first crush, my yeah. my example of what like, like a. She was a chola, right? She was yeah. a strong woman, right? <laughs> yeah. She was a, like stronger than all. Of she was she was the heart of that trio. Like she made that story, and she could have been the heart of this trio. Like yeah. the relationship and the earning that Ray needed to have could have happened between them. It could have been written in there, um, respecting our our heroes. Right, and that—that's what bugs me the most. Is not—it's—it's it's one. I am—I'm a fan of good storytelling yeah. and honoring. Like, I was all for killing them off, like our, our heroes. Like, it had to happen. It could have happened in a way where it inspired our our new heroes. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't like the the term Mary Sue. It's—it's—it is derogatory, and it's—it's it's probably created by men. Right. Yeah. 
it cheapens uh, by also. Terrible men. Yeah. By ter- yeah, by terrible <laughs> men. Um, terrible guys. And it, terrible it, it cheapens it. And then we have to see like where our world is, where our culture is, where that kind of character has to happen in cinema. Yeah. Right? So like that's one thing. But like Leia was always that. Leia yeah. was like from beginning to end, even in this story, which I hated. Like yeah. altogether, like I've had time to sit with the new movie and all of them. And like I, when I walked out, it was it was just a disappointment. Yeah. It was just disappointment. It wasn't even like it wasn't how I was raging with yeah. the Last Jedi. Yeah. I was just disappointed well, because it was J.J. Abrams, so you expected something different from Ryan Johnson. Well, also, right? I mean, you look at it, Drew. I mean, The Force Awakens wasn't that good. Like no, respectfully, he he's he's good at putting <laughs> yeah. on spectacle, and yeah. you know, and respect. I don't know what the process is to making a movie, yeah. but I do know as a, as a viewer and a, and a, and a lover of stories all my life, like. Like watching the movies that he does, yeah. they're they're great spectacles, yeah. but they don't they don't they're not necessarily great writing, right? May um, I cut in for a split yeah. second? Shazam. Um, I forgot to say. Oh, I forgot to talk gotta, about you Shazam. Explain what Shazam is. Shazam. Shazam. What okay. Shazam is. Okay. So we try not to cut off each other when we're speaking here at Mutant or Minority, if I may say. We try not to cut each other off. However, we each one of us gets a Shazam, where you can just cut cut someone off. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, yeah, I'm gonna let you finish talking, but right. I got this to say. Nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so real quick, I'm gonna let you go back. I was gonna use my one Shazam, and now I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Damn. My mama says when that happens, that's usually a lie. Dang, straight up. Oh. I'm man. just saying. That's... My mama says that. I don't think you're a liar. I think you're <laughs> swell. Uh, I'm gonna let you continue. Until I get back to my. Shazam. I was I was on a roll, and then you yeah, Shazammed you me, and now I'm like, damn, I got Shazam. Like. <laughs> How, I don't know you did not. But um, let me ask you this question, Jared. Yes. Um, in regards to representation. Yes. So, yeah, it's great. Ray, you know, she's a protagonist. <clears throat> but how did your daughter perceive the movie? I wanted to get into that a little bit. Um, my thing is, real quick, did we cut off what your – did you finish your thought, man? I don't remember what it was. Oh, man, I was. You can't cut – like, I'm sorry. Just I know should... when you Shazam me yeah. that you might lose gold. Just bow lightning. <laughs> Just know, know that right? from now on. I didn't even get into Finn, man, because I have I my opinions about Finn too, but go yeah. for it. I, I want to hear what you're Okay, real quick. So <clears throat> when we piloted this, there was a point where I have to admit it was good where Jared just asked me straight up, was the kiss a problem for you? Mm. And I said, yes, it was a problem. But the problem was – I mean I don't think I got a chance to fully delineate the my problem. The kiss between Kylo and, yes. and Ray. I don't feel I think I really took the time to delineate why it was a problem. My problem was it with it was, was that I felt like it fell into some of the same old tropes about the bad boy and the pretty girl, right? Mm-hmm. Was that after everything that had happened, all the things that Kylo did, somehow she was still pining for this bad boy. It just felt like the old trope, especially schoolyard trope that that there's this idea that, oh, that guy over there, yeah, he kicks ass and, you know, he talks trash, but, you know, but he really has a nice heart. No matter how nasty he is to other people, we can redeem – first of all, the, re- the redemption idea had already been played out. We'd already done that with, with Vader. I was cool with redeeming. We talked about this, I think, when we piloted this, is that I was cool with him being redeemed, but he should have been redeemed in a blaze of glory, you know, sort of like Laura Dern. Something blows up. Not with like you know he gets redeemed. He gets a kiss, a he laugh. Did die. The crowd. He did die. I'm, <laughs> but it, I'm, I'm going to get there. Yeah. But it wasn't a blaze of glory death. It was like it was like oh he's redeemed, so everyone gets to clap. It, just, it felt too easy. It felt like too easy a crowd pleaser. And also I felt like I said it felt like it it just fell back on this idea of redeeming the bad boy because the bad boy really has a good heart. 
I'm not saying that there aren't bad boys out there that don't have good hearts. It just felt like, is this, you know, that right there, because, you know, I, I Janessa didn't get to see it because we walked different directions. But I, I, I know I've told you guys, but my daughter might be through with Star Wars, and she loved Ray. She loved Ray, but she also liked John Boyega's character. I know you're not real quite into him, but she liked John Boyega's character, and she watched all three of those films, waiting for that to come to fruition. Right. Now, I'm not necessarily here representing for what my daughter Una wants in terms of storytelling, but that's not necessarily it's not the romance that I needed. But I did, in terms of representation, I wanted Ray. It's fine that she need, felt the need to redeem him because of her relationship with Han or whatever, but to redeem him in that way, it felt like it, it diminished Ray. It felt like it diminished her to yeah. me. And it reinforced stereotypes, like you said. The, the bad boy, he was he was a bad boy, right? Kylo's a bad boy. And then, you know, and then Finn is the the, the, the the nice guy. She looks over, he's pining for her. So it, it, it really reinforces a lot of stereotypes, you know. Yeah. Remember, I don't know if you guys remember, um, I remember my analogy initially was Trump, right? That if you took Ray and said that Ray was the affection of the American people. John Boyega would be Barack Obama, and Kylo Ren would be Trump. Now, let me finish this real quick for you, because I could see Jared kind of rolling his eyes. The reason I say that, the reason I say that is because the bar was low. Look at Trump now. Trump only has to do, Trump can go, if Trump goes to the G7 and doesn't show his ass, we're like, good job, look, he acted like a president. That's all he has to do is just act normal, and we clap for him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But Barack... Rock, that cat had to solve things. He had to actually do stuff to get above 50% approval rating. That's all I'm saying. But Trump right now, it feels like, now granted, he's doing dumb stuff daily. But one out of every 10 things that he does that is correct, we act like now he's president. Finn he is Cory Booker. Shazam. Finn is Cory oh, Booker, is dog. Finn, Patrick. Finn is not <laughs> Barack Obama. I'm making Finn, a, me- it's Finn, a metaphor. I'm, but I'm saying he, he was not an interesting character. So like, what are you supposed to do with him? I agree. I'm speaking in terms of the romance. I'm not talking. You're right. I agree with both of you guys on they did nothing with John Boyega. I agree with you on that. I'm talking strictly on the romance side and how that relates to Ray as a female character and old tropes about Uh, the bad boy. That's all. But you're right about that. I'm not. I am not. I'm not saying that he's the Barack Obama of the Star Wars universe by no means. No, but I'm saying even in that comparison of the of the romance, it's like it was more meaningful for her to kiss. Kylo at that point than for her to kiss Finn. Like, Finn, like I said, he didn't do anything. He didn't earn yeah, it. He had no, in, no in arc movie, whatsoever. In the last movie, they weren't even in scenes together. You realize that, right? They had, they had one scene together at the very end where they hugged. She's like, oh, my black friend. And he was like, maybe this white lady's going to give me some play. I don't and know. Whose you know fault I mean? is that? <laughs> whose fault is that? Look at Say the name. <laughs> Say his name. But also, too, they kept saying, I mean, he kept saying, like, I have something to tell you. I have something to tell Like, he said it like three or four times yeah, to right. write, but like, it was never said. Well, it, it was, I mean, like, it was a force. It was, well, it, yeah. he was, he was, I mean, like, and like, I'm not sure why they didn't just come out and just hit, have him say that. Because they wanted you to, because I think they did want to play with you. Right? They I think did, that's what I'm saying. They wanted to tease you a bit and maybe you say, I'm in love with you. It was like, no, he's not saying I'm in love with you. He's saying, I can do what you do, maybe. You know. Like, they also reshot 30% of that movie and most of it was the ending. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. J.J. Uh, Abrams came back in for a reason. I think someone else directed the first half. Uh, what's his name? Uh, so do they? Ter- I, Terrio? I, th- Terrio? I thought it was Colin Trevorrow, but I thought, Trevorrow. They, I thought they fired him before he even started shooting. I thought that's what I thought. I thought they were like. I it, thought, it feels like they 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 um they brought 
they run Howard, J.J. Abrams in this movie, right? They, <laughs> they, did, him they, did, to, to they did bring him super late. They did bring him in super late. Like and the, so the reshoots yeah. happened right until, right up until like maybe October, right, November. Right, right, right. Um, and they were saying that 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 uh, I've actually been listening to stories, and George Lucas got to direct a lot of the 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 end of it. Really. Um, and Disney was like, no, that's not the route we're going. Oh wow. Because there was a, I mean, there was including like a a. a a lightsaber battle between the Emperor and both of them, right? There was so much that happened, so they reshot a lot of this movie. So I don't know. I don't for know the, the kiss? They exchanged that for the kiss? <laughs> Me, that's, yeah, that's what we got. That's a poor deal. <laughs> you guys know what I no, think. No, it was, I thought it was awful. Like, when it happened, Aliyah, my 13-year-old, she looked at me and yelled, this ruined the movie. <laughs> like, that was the word that left her mouth when that happened. And Daryl and I looked at each other, and I was like, what the hell is this? S-H-I-T. Um, you know, we were, she we said were, shit. She said shit. Kaka. <laughs> no, we were both just like, come on. Um, but, and I, I was actually just like, at that point, I was just ready for the movie to be over. And the only time I was happy again was when Chewie got his medal. I was like, <laughs> thank you. That's what I needed to see. But even that was a slap in the face. What, it, it made no sense. Oh, yeah, Chewie, we forgot six movies ago to give you this medal. <laughs> Here's for the fans. But that was for us. That was, I, I, I took that as a win for me. Because oh. when I watched it and he didn't get his medal, I mean, I'm still mad 20 years later. Like, why didn't you get a medal? Well, there was a, an award ceremony where they actually prevented I think it was the Emmys or the Oscars. Oh, really? There, there's a scene where they where they called Chewie on stage That's and they make a big, oh, huge thing. You can find it on YouTube. And they, they, they actually put the medal on and everybody applauds. <laughs> so that was That's great for I me. This was see. like... What, did you get it in a Cracker Jack box? Like, why are you giving it to Chewie right now? You're at the end of this battle. Like, you're not even a general, you know? I can't wonder where did she get it from. Like, that was Maz Kanata, well, she, well, right? She collected like, things. Well, I just, it just seemed odd. First of all, like, why did, why was one made? Like, they just didn't get it from the distributor in time? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying, like, they forgot to ship the it. They, yeah, like, they needed Amazon back, you know, and, uh, you know. I seriously think that... They intended for Finn and Ray to have a, a romantic relationship in Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and and um, Ryan Johnson changed that, right? And part of With me Rose, right? immediately goes goes to the place where it's like they didn't want to see a black man and a white woman kissing on screen. That that's where my head went. Now, because yeah. when Ryan Johnson he created this entirely new character in Rose, um, who's a woman of color, yeah. right, and was had got a short end of a stick in that entire movie. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden there's a romance going on there and this weird maybe romance between Kylo Ren and maybe setting up a, a romance between Poe and Rey. Yeah, so that last yeah. flirty hello yeah. at, at the end of the, the Rise of Skywalker, it, it, made, it made no sense, right? And then this one, they did lead us on, and it could have been that they changed the ending, but they did lead us on. Because yeah, and that's why even last time we spoke about it, I said it, it, my, it felt intentional because it seems like okay, maybe he was going to say, I can use the Force. But that's not what it necessarily felt like to the audience. You know, it felt like he was going to say, I'm in love with you. Or this, in the way he behaved, he didn't behave about Ray like a normal friend, you know, would. He seemed like he was in love with her and like he needed to rescue her or somehow, you know, I, mean, yes, I don't want to say rescue her, but at least be by her side while she was fighting. You know, he seemed like that intent. That's why by the time it didn't happen, and like Janessa said, there's all these holes just at, by the end of the movie. That That's the thing. It just felt intentional. Like someone somewhere was saying that we can't have this white woman kissing this black dude. We've seen enough of that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it was Jim Jordan, the Republican Party back there, like trying to make it happen. I'm just saying that it felt intentional. It did. It almost feels like 
three different people made this movie, yeah, <laughs> or three different agreed. director voices or vision, more than three probably made this whole trilogy. Oh, I wonder why that didn't work out. You know, mm -hmm. like, like that's the thing is like you talk about like. This is like Chewie Gina Meadows fan service. These last three movies have been fan service. The prequels were fan service. Like the last 20 years of Star Wars had just been fan service. Like, like yeah, the <laughs> Star Wars was awesome because it was about resistance. Resistance of the characters, resisting this evil empire, which is awesome. But also how the model of that movie and what that movie represented was about like the future, the like youth kind of like taking over for like the old people, right? Replacing it, you know? And, and that was represented in like George Lucas's ideas. Like, I know we give New Hope a lot of shit because it's old and no one likes old movies anymore. But, but you know, that movie, if you watch it, every, like, mm -hmm. every scene is a, is a new idea that someone's gonna turn into a book series 20 years later. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's, it's amazing, it's, a, it's awesome. And that's what I wanna see from Star Wars. I don't wanna see, rehashes of all this old stuff like I don't understand what the purpose of all this was like my my old my roommate Dale he he, he saw Force Awakens and Last Jedi he was just tired he's just like I just didn't I didn't need to see this like I didn't need them to take this thing I love and to literally kill it you know like, like, like I didn't need that like I didn't ask for that like it, it's it's exhausting but like, I don't know. So like, I think for me, that's why like Force or Rise of Skywalker is just sort of like, whatever. You guys are all right. It's not a good movie. Everything you say, I, I, I co-op, I'm with you there. But I guess for me, it didn't bother me because I, I just feel like Star Wars hasn't been good in such a long time. And even the movie that people wanna see, like, like we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about The Mandalorian and a lot of people's favorite like um, stuff in The Mandalorian is a lot of like the fan service stuff, like oh, they're, they're bringing Jedi's into season two. Even like the idea of of young Yoda, and so I feel like making Star Wars is tricky because it's like you can't make new stuff because you make all new stuff, you get the Resistance we we're talking about before the cartoon series Resistance. I haven't seen it, but I'm hearing good things about it. But I think our our, rea our reaction to it is kind of like, yeah, but I don't even recognize it as Star Wars. So so what is so what is it really? So Star Wars is in a weird place where you have to say you have to kind of do old stuff, but but you can't make anyone happy with that old stuff. Like it's impossible. Like well, you can't make everyone happy with that old stuff. But you, but they could have respected the story. Like you're right. There's 30, 50 years of of EU um, uh, stories yeah. that were phenomenal. That like spinoffs that were new and phenomenal. Dead. And I think everyone was so excited that we were going to get something like that. And then they said, no, we're just going to kill it. Yeah. We're going to make it legends. And it's and I mean the studio has a big. They're a big problem in it too because then they decide, no, well, we want to make money. What's going to make money? Yeah, that might be a good story, but are we going to be able to sell toys? Yeah. You know? But yeah. but I think they could have. I mean, I went even to to the to the Rise of Skywalker. I went in hoping for something, some sort of just something that 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 gave me hope to for the future, right? Right, right? You have to respect that story. Like the Skywalkers are Star Wars, at least the root, and you can branch off and tell all kinds of other stories, but this story is their story, right? So even if they would have started, like uh, when, when I was reading about how they, they wrote the original script um, and they had Luke in, in most of it, and the reason why they took him out was because he kept stealing the scene, right? right? Of course he's gonna steal the scene, it's about him. Um, but there was there could have been a way to do that. I mean, the same way they did it, in a similar way they did it in A New Hope, right? Where he goes through the through the walk with him till the end of the movie, you know, or he makes it to the next one and he's training both of them because Finn was a Jedi, right? I mean, at least he had Force sensitive. Like 
There's no way you could stand up to a, well, he wasn't a Sith, but Ren, you know, with a lightsaber and survive if you did not have the Force. Right. right? There, there was ways to tell a good story and respect the original story and then span off and, you know, and I would have been hooked. I, Everything I, that would have came out of Star Wars, I would have watched after that. I don't think it's possible. Honestly, I don't think it's possible to take this, the Luke Skywalker story and tell a, and tell a, 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 a story that's going to satisfy even us. Like, I, I think at some point that story ended, right? And, like, the idea of them trying to say, let's take this story that ended in a, in a, in a great way, right? It, it resolved in a, in a fantastic fashion and just letting it – and just moving on with Star Wars in another direction. Like, I, I don't think there's any way they could have made episode 789 in a satisfying way. I, I, do, I do not see how that's possible. It's, it's too much. Because the problem with New Hope and the, the, the original trilogy is you let those care. it was about Luke, Han, and Leia. And then when you make it now, like this new trilogy, now it's about Luke, Han, Leia, all these new people. Like, like it, it becomes too unwieldy. Like, at some point, you have to let the... You have to let these new characters live on their own, and as long as you're attached to like eight other characters that also have to have arcs, you're not allowing these movies, these stories, to grow and these characters develop. Like our problem with Finn, my problem with Finn is is, is what they did with them, but it's also the fact that at some point they didn't do anything with them. Like at some point they didn't have the time to do something with them. Like, like I don't like I don't like Rise of Skywalker, but at the same time I empathize with uh, with, uh, with with uh, with JJ because at some point what are you going to do? You have two hours to wrap up all these different stories, eight different characters. Like it's just it's too much to deal with. Whereas like the original movie, it was just if you had your characters. Here is our characters. Here's these stories we're telling. It, it, these, these stories are just—it's too big. They got greedy. Like you know, they—they yeah, they, they, they wanted—they wanted all of our money. They wanted nostalgia. They wanted new stuff. And they should have just either told a story that was about Luke <laughs> and Han and all of them dealing with some old stuff, or they should have told a new story. But this—they this, are trying to do both. I don't know. They're serving too many masters. I, I thought that you—I thought that um, Ray is a compelling enough character to have carried all three. Now, now, if you wanted to, um, now I wouldn't have been um, opposed to, a, let's say, in the Force Awakens, they brought on Luke, Han, Leia, and they all died in that first one somehow, right? But somehow you ended. If they, if there needed to be a, a point where there was a final resolution of those characters. Yeah. Deal with it the first one, because then I, I honestly believe as a main character, Ray, despite the fact that you know, especially I'm okay with Force Awakens, but I obviously had problems with Last Jedi. I had problems with Rise of Skywalker, but there was no point while I was watching either one of those movies that I thought, wow, I cannot stand this character, Ray. You know, I, I liked her arc. I liked her, I mean, I wasn't really a fan of the Palpatine thing in the end, but I've, I always thought that she was a compelling character in and of herself, and they could have done something with her and centered the story on her, and just, it would have been something new. It could have been, like you said, it could have been a branch of that, she would have been in the, you know, in that in Force Awakens with Han, Luke, and Leia, and their story ended there for good. But I mean, I understand what you're saying. By the time you got to Return of the Jedi, it seemed over. All of a sudden, we got the Force Awakens. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the First Order. Yeah. All of a sudden, we got the First Order. I mean, I, I was shocked. Like, wait, the stormtroopers are still around? But to be fair, yeah. I feel like I say that about Nazis in our current time. So, like, look at I, <laughs> I, I look at I gave I gave Force Awakens shit about that too. Like, oh my God, we're, we're, we're the Empire come back? That's yeah. stupid. But now we're literally saying the same thing about literal Nazis. Yeah. So I kind of give them a little bit of leeway on that. But, but yeah, yeah, sorry. 
Oh, no. It was just piggybacking off what you were saying. It's like I felt like this whole last series, they were trying to find characters for the general public to fall in love with the way we fell in love with the original trio. So they, they were shooting their shot. It was like, manufactured. Honestly. Yeah. And it was like you were saying, like it's all about making money, and so there wasn't a lot of, you know, it'd be different if, you know, the same people who did the original Star Wars did it, you know, did it, or at least had more of a voice and, and input into it. But yeah, it was like they were juggling around, you know, anytime we turned around, somebody else was doing this and somebody was doing that. And so I think as lifelong Star Wars fans that we all are, we already went into this already upset, knowing that the story was going to be disrespected. Like we just went in angry. Like we wanted to go and we wanted to see it, but we also wanted to come home and complain. Yeah. Um, but then, it, you know, when you take it, once again, taking it back to our kids, like if you ask them what they thought of these series, that's all they know. Like our kids, like we raised them correctly, so they know A New Hope and Pirate Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Like that's what they know originally, so they're cool with it. But these younger kids, they don't, they watch those and they're like, it's so, it's so lame. Those movies are terrible. Like well, how could you like Star Wars? Like I, some of my students tell me that all the time. Um, so I just feel like in that, in the, towards the end, they were just trying to find someone for everyone you know I mean you found things in Poe that you liked you found things in Ray that you liked you know like I said I really tried so hard to love and fall in love with Finn you know and even I for homegirl um Finn the other love interest Rose um I really tried to like her you know but I'm like they just did her dirty as well so it's just like even BB-8 I mean I could go on and on and on yeah. like trying to find things like they were just throwing people Baba Frick was dope though Baba, yeah, Baba yeah. Frick that was, is true. he is the MVP of this trilogy yeah. I think <laughs> oh nothing no. oh, alright well I mean well I think we're going to try to manage our time here. In a yeah, we didn't talk movie. about the Mandalorian. I thought we were supposed to talk about I was about to say, I'm trying to manage time. I want to, get, I want to get to the Mandalorian, or as he's commonly known as Mando. I don't know why that's... Because doesn't it seem like any of the Mandalorians would be called Mando? Next thing you... Like, what if you're talking to eight different Mandalorians? You call them all Mando? He's Mando? also a Latino, so it might be Mando. <laughs> I like that that was the twist of the Mandalorian, by the Mondo. way, was that he's secretly Mexican. I was like, yeah, oh, right. shit, that's crazy. Well, you know what's funny? I, I, that's part of my notes, actually, for this episode on Mando. Because, you know, I've kind of wanted to get into this about, was it um, uh, Pedro Pascal? Yeah. My man's name? The thing about it is, okay, so remember back, because we talked about this back in the days, I remember, there's no Latinos in space, right? There's no <laughs> Latinos in space, right? Okay, so finally there's some Latinos in space, right? But we don't see dude's face, you know what I'm saying, until this, 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 this last episode. And so now I'm kind of asking the question, I'm thinking to myself as I'm watching, did it even matter? Because, I mean, granted we had um, uh, Diego Luna, right? Diego Luna, he was, I thought, I, I really liked Rogue One a, a lot. Mm -hmm. I think that his character, I mean, when, while watching Diego Luna's character, you're not saying he's one of my favorite characters, but his story is awesome. Right, because remember that last scene in the in the hangar with Diego Luna when he says, "We've all done crazy bad things for the resistance," right? Which to me I thought was kind of cool, is because that's something we never really got into. I mean, it was awesome that they already told the Rogue One story because we knew that some spies got that stuff, right? But I think a lot of times we look at at um, uh, stories like Star Wars, right, that are part of our childhood. Even the spy parts of those stories are super. Um, anodyne, right? Like, yeah, they went and spied, but no one got hurt. They went and spied, but they didn't hurt anybody. No one got shot. They just snuck in and pulled some papers and got out, right? Yeah. 
but the cool thing about the, about Rogue One was that they basically said our spies are doing some pretty bad stuff too. You know, even when um the dude who's um uh that was Diego Luna's like uh, commander, he's like, hey, when you see um oh, who was the dude who was actually doing the work for building the Death Star? I can't remember his name. Oh, you mean the the, 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 the bad guy? The guy yeah, the, the bad guy. Yeah. White suit? No, 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 not that dude. Um, the dude that was in Doctor Strange. Um. Damn, now I get Oh, Matt. Oh, Matt. Matt Mickelson. Matt oh, Mickelson. The, He's the, a great actor. Matt Mickelson. Yeah. Okay, okay. The dad. Yeah. Remember, um, remember, he's like he tells um Diego Luna's like, hey, when you see him, kill him. You don't bring him in. Just kill this dude. Which I thought was was cool. Anyways, that's kind of a tangent on what I'm trying to get at. But anyways, Diego Luna. I mean, um, he did a great job. And now when we think about Star Wars, now you know, was is there a, another Latino character that we'd seen prior to Diego Luna? Because part of me was thinking, okay, so if we look at Latino characters in Star Wars movies, you know, if we're not seeing their face, what well, we got to lean on? We got to lean on like an accent or something, you know? Well, yeah, you're right. It's Chewy, Chewy, Theo Chewy. And by the way, in the EU, <laughs> yeah. it was slave Wookies that built the Death Star. Oh, <laughs> so that guy just designed it. Uh, that guy, yeah, like the real work was done. But um, but you guys, I mean, I don't know. There's a part of me that, I, that, that I can see on? Finn's face, and I hate him. Yeah. And Mandalorian, I can't see his face that one time, and I love him. Yeah. He's, but he's still Latino, right? Like, exactly. He's but still Latino. He's wearing the mask. Like, yeah. he, I don't know. I mean, maybe if he was something like say, I got black of fire, so I so I'm I can like come into it. Yeah. But if he was like, if it, if that was Billy D. Williams wearing a, a mask the whole time, yeah. it's still Billy D. Williams, right? Like, but if you can't see his face, the only thing you got to rely on is him talking about Colt forty five. No, or, you know, it's still Billy D. Like yeah. I don't necessarily need a. Like I said, this for me. I don't necessarily need the black guy to be yeah. to be to act black or anything. I yeah. I know he's black. It's like Destro, yeah. Destro, not Destro. Yeah, Destro in Transformers, right? Yeah, he's wearing that silver mask. Yeah. And yeah, I know they Did say he's Destro's Scottish. mask ever came off? Maybe it's not Destro. No, no, I'm thinking of Destro Panthro. wears a mask. Panthro, Panthro oh, from Panthro. Thundercats, yeah, right? Panthro, yeah. He's a panther. He's a yeah. cat. He's not black. But, but you kind of thought of him as the black dude. But he's dude. black. I have to admit, I did. Too. He's black. You I'm not going to lie. I, the whole time, I thought of him as the black dude. Uh, that's how I feel like, man, for me, that's how I feel like Mando is. It's like, oh, he's he's, he's still Mexican. He's a Mexican dude. It's just he yeah. wears a mask. But is Pedro Pascal Mex Mexicano? Or maybe he's Latino. I'm not sure. I don't know if he's Latino. He's just Latino. Yeah, Latino. He's, oh, he's, he's all. He's, we don't, every we, we, we don't know what he is, so we call jamming. him Latino. He's yeah, called yeah, Latino. Yeah. He's just everything. I'm racist. I, 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 I fall into the habit sometimes just calling every Latino. <laughs> that just, that, yeah. It's my grandma. It's my oh, grandma. Oh, me. Man, I apologize. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm an ally. I, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm an ally. I'm not mean anything, but. I think he's probably the actor who's probably incredibly like excited about about getting such an amazing role right and it is a really cool thing but it does bring you back to like 60s 50s, hollywood right where bruce lee was in the green hornet and he had to wear a mask the entire time mm -hmm. because he was too asian yeah you know so it's it i don't think i don't necessarily think john favaro was deliberately trying to cast no. a mexican so he could cover his face but but it does bring that that idea back, right? Like Hollywood historically does this type of stuff to people of color. Yeah. Oh, in regards to representation, in terms of Latino um, representation in Star Wars, yeah, un unrepresented. Huge demographic of, of fan support. You know, it's it's a long overdue. I, I appreciate how, like, you know, they, yeah. they have they go out of way to have yeah. African American like, you know, characters. Yeah. Throughout the throughout the beginning, so yeah. you know we have to have equal representation. Yeah. Well, I think some of that falls back into some of the old um, uh, 
ideas about you know where your politics lie, right? Yeah. I think that in many ways, I think that, um, how um, Latinos are manifest in the United States is slightly different. African Americans are spread out largely across the, U the United States, yeah. so where p political power is strong for for Latinos, which you would think in California it should matter, right? I mean, I think I'd mentioned to you, um, particularly Hollywood too. Exactly, yes. right? You yeah. think it should matter that at the very least there's representation on the street if, if any of these Hollywood moguls were driving around, they should have friends or run into someone somewhere to say, you know what, I need to put a brown face on, on television or in the movies, right? Exactly. I, it goes back, I think I mentioned to some of you guys that I've been um, following this group right now that's um, doing an examination um, of the, the Latino slash, I'm not, don't get mad at me for saying this, the Latinx population, he's smirking at me, the Latinx population in, <laughs> it's like Malcolm X, right? We gotta be down. But like the Latinx population in um, in, in representation movies, because you know uh, one of the the first statistics this group put out was that uh, right now the Latino population, broadly speaking, you know, including the Caribbean side, the Caribbean population, is about twenty five percent of the total ticket sales in Hollywood, right? Exactly. But they make up four percent of representation on screen. That's ridiculous. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I don't know. Granted, like I'm with Frankie on this, I don't, I, you know, how does I'm not a casting agent, you know what I'm saying? Maybe they're, you know, if someone asks, you say, well, all the Latino actors come by really awful, so we just can't, you know, cast them. That seems like bullshit to me. But yeah, it's, it's totally not true. It's yeah. just, it's, it's, I yeah. think Hollywood, the people are, who are making this stuff. I mean, like, okay, you can look at. I'm sure there's die-in-the-wool races out there, right? I'm not saying there aren't, but I think most of Hollywood, at least from my experience working in Hollywood, is just, you just got a bunch of people who aren't really thinking about it, and they, but they just hire their friends, and their friends, because they're white, their friends are white, right? And so they don't think about it. So Hollywood needs to get into the habit of of just hiring people who aren't their friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hiring people or getting new friends or something, but I mean, like, but I, but I, 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 but I, I don't think it's necessarily, like, but I think that's what it is, honestly. No, I just, I think that we're also in a time right now where the white allies are like speaking out and almost doing us, trying to, almost like they're doing us a solid by, you know, saying that there's not enough, you know, um, people of color or women in film um, and, and on TV. So when I think about, but I also was like go, taking it back to Star Wars, like, yes, every single person in this room is a person of color, but like, in our spaces where we were, where we grew to love Star Wars, like what was the original demographic when they made this movie? Who was it catered to? White, young boys, men. And it's still kind of like they've carried on and it's like, I feel like as I've gotten older, I've found more people of color who do like Star Wars. Actually, to be totally honest, Jared was probably the first friend that I could actually talk about Star Wars. And I didn't meet him until I was in my 20s, other than my brothers. You know, because, like, I didn't have friends at school that I was like, hey, you know, let's talk about Star Wars or let's, you know, go see the new movie together. It was like, it was just my immediate family. And then it was like I would find, like, little, you know, not little al alcoves of friends, but, like, I would find people, actually, no, I, I found Jared. <laughs> I found Jared as an adult, and I was like, okay, we could talk about this. That was really special and important to me. And, of, of course, now, as an adult adult, um, 
because I pay a mortgage now. Um, <laughs> just kidding, my husband does. Um, um, <laughs> no, but I feel like now I'm I'm more mindful of like what I'm seeing on screen and the lack of representation. Whereas as a child, like was I surprised to see Billy Dee Williams? I don't think I was. I was just like it's just another character in this intergalactic space that exists. I didn't say like oh wow there's a, a you know a man of color. But like now now when I like seeing Rogue One was like a huge huge difference because like almost every character was a person of color and to me I was like wow this is this is amazing you know especially something that um you know I could you know the characters are mostly men in that one but still like Janerso sounds like Janessa so that was that was cool with me no but um just knowing that like other people were getting it and like making you know an effort to put people of color in these badass roles as opposed to servants or you know there's just these crappy roles that they always create for people of color so which yeah. is the problem too, because it's not—it's—it's it's not only that we're not represented in front of the screen. It's that most of the writers that are writing are are white, right? And they're trying to write people of color. And I mean, you watch television shows. It's like, why do they always have the bumbling idiot that happens to be a foreigner? You know, it's because it's—it's it's the same jokes. I mean, why are they why do they retell stories over and over again? Because they've gotten to the end point where they've said them so many times they have nothing else, and how they spice it up is to put a person of color in a traditionally white role. Well, uh, Party of Five just came out. Oh, yeah. And it's all like <laughs> What? Party of Five got rebooted with a whole Latino family. And as a matter of <laughs> fact, I don't, did you see that? No, no. Oh, well, I didn't watch it. I didn't like part. the first Party of Five, so <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> I, I, well, Wait, you they're Latino and it's Party of Five? It yeah. must not be Catholic because that's not enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be Party of 12 to 25. <laughs> In one room. That didn't fit on the, on the poster. You know, yeah, yeah. That was the original name. Though. I'm glad you said that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it, man. We remember there was also um, One Day at a Time was, was, was rebooted with a Latino family, right? The thing about it is, I think it's, um, but it's, it's, it's about audience, right? It's one of those things. It's like, you know, um, Julian Castro dropped out of the, um, the race today, right? Yeah. Now, that comes back to something, again, because... Close to um, anywhere between 72 to 76 percent of Latinos vote Democrat, vote for the Democratic Party, right? So the question is, is why was this cat having a hard time with fundraising? I know there's a little bit of a tangent, but I'm trying to bring that back to some extent about support, right? Because even Barack, remember prior to Iowa, that dude was losing the black vote. You know what I'm saying? Look at Julian Castro, same thing. He's been losing the Latino vote. Now I'm not in that in that space where I'm going to say that black people got to vote for black. No. Latinos don't need to vote. Don't have to vote for you know, Latinos. Otherwise, like, black people would have voted for J.C. Watts or something like that. Man, they don't have to do that. But Julian Castro was on the right. Was on the right side of things. Now I think he messed up with what he did with um, Joe Biden in that second debate and stuff. But I'm just surprised that with in the Democratic Party he had a hard time getting as much traction as he could have. Now, granted, I know that's a little bit of a side. But I'm trying to use that as a little bit of a lead into. You know, with some of the you know not demanding more of these characters, or, or like Janessa said, are we just kind of kicking back? Because honestly, the truth of the matter is, when it came to Star Wars, I was the same same way. I was so used to seeing white people on camera that by the time Billy D showed up, I was like, oh snap, there's a black dude! I didn't even know that was allowed. You know what I'm saying? That was kind of my first thought. Like, how could that even happen? So, I don't know. I'm kind of with you on that. 
real quick. In um, all fairness, not yeah. sorry, yeah, this is not my Shazam, but I just oh. want to say. Well, it's, it's not. not Shazam. No, it's not at all, because you've done this to me 27 times already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a black guy. Yeah. It was the coolest black guy yeah, on the planet right, at that man. time. Man. So let's just say that. I'm sorry, go on, as you were. Was it, what did he rub? Was it Slit Smalt Liquor Bull or Colt 45? Colt 45. 45. Colt 45. It was Colt 45, right? That's what I thought. Because yeah. those commercials were dope. Do you remember? Oh my gosh, they were so fresh. They were fresh, but he was promoting alcohol to uh, <laughs> underserved communities. So, you know, I'm yeah. just talking about the court. I'm just saying, though. We're going to say it. We're going to say it. We're going to talk about it. All right, man. <laughs> it, right, and it's malt liquor, too, which was a real problem in the 90s, right? Yeah. No doubt. Okay, man. Uh, hey man, I grew up with 90s hip hop. You had to drink a 40, man. You had to drink a 40 ounce. Damn, yeah. Straight you know. up. Oh, man. Remember, yeah, laser, not, remember laser 2000? <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, can we actually talk, man? Because, you know, man, you know, I'm, I'm down for the cause, but let's actually talk about The Mandalorian, the actual show, for a brief moment before we yes. get back into the cause and our own militancy on, these, on this topic and stuff. But I just want to say, like, uh, in t- as just a show, Mandalorian's fresh, man. I, I think at first when um, Gina Carano first showed up, my first thought was they're not doing enough with her, but it it you know it picked up, and I liked the last couple episodes. I liked having her there. Man, the characters were fresh. I was down. Anybody it's else? Excellent show. Um, one thing I like is um, going back to redemption, right? Kylo, Kylo Ren's redemption. How they screwed the whole thing up, right? His redemption arc. But um, IG Eleven. If you think about IG, how they did his his redemption, like you said, going out with a blaze of glory. You know, it was it was not only about his redemption; it's also about the redemption of uh, the of the Mando too, because you know he's he was, he, was, he had a prejudice against you know against droids, and his droid at the end he, he showed it hard by sacrificing himself. It was a, it was a brilliant side gag that they set up, mm. and they had and they had it as a callback in the final in the finale. It was just it was just brilliant. Um, yeah, and so and I, I liked it how uh, it was just a subtle the subtext of of his redemption was, of Mando's basically was, you know, you could be bigoted against somebody. Just you know, you stereotype them, and then they prove they prove you wrong. You know, it's not just about the droids; about how we see other people in, in real life as well. The, the other. So I, I love that about the show. It was it was well written. I, 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 the idea of Star Wars is being about new ideas. I, I think they skirted a line very well of, of presenting a, a, a lot of stuff they're familiar with, but also giving you so much new stuff to take in. Uh, it was really effective, man. Like, I, I, it, I mean, like, it wasn't like they didn't reinvent the wheel, right? Right? Like, they didn't have to. Like, you know, a lot, a lot of the episodes are just tropes, right? That you've seen probably before, and if you ever seen a western or a samurai flick, like, you know, there's the seven. There's when the I saw the seven samurai episode, I'm like, oh, this is seven samurai, cool, mm-hmm. awesome. I love a seven samurai, you know. But uh, but they did it. But they threw enough um, interesting kind of twist to it. And Star Wars twist, but just their own kind of original spins on it. Like even like my favorite episode was the uh, the prisoner, the one, the the, um, the episode that was that started off as a heist film and then turned into like a, like a, you know what kind of movie? What kind of what's the trope I'm talking about? The one where it's like you're alone in a building with a killer. And he's stalking you, kind of thing. And even then, it's playing with you because you don't know who the killer is. Is it is it Mando or is it the other people, right? Because it it was so well done. Uh, and just yeah, I think that qualifies as a slasher film. Slasher, there we go. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, just the the idea of it, like, like even that's very Star Wars. We're taking different genres and like just jumbling them up and and, and giving you something kind of new and fresh. You know, like 
They did such a good job. They did a good job with that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think when we talk about redemption, I'm going to say redemption for us as fans. <laughs> the Mandalorian was a great series to pick, to watch after um, the final Star Wars film. And also, I, I mean, like you said, there, it's intriguing. Like, there's things that are happening. You know, when um, they gave him his crest and he said you are now you know one of two and then his signet yeah i was trying to think of the word and just the thought of like that story of how the mando now is going to be part of yoda's training or you know just all these different things where like i've read about or i've heard about but just to actually see it was like i'm excited like when it was over and then i heard it's not going to come out till fall 2020 the second um series like i was i was viscerally affected by it like I was like I was really bummed that's why we keep watching it you know and each time I watch it I'm finding new things that I didn't necessarily see the first time and um, for me it's just yeah it's put me in a good space to heal <laughs> man John Favreau Taika Waititi you know like Dave I, Filoni don't forget about Filoni Dave, oh yeah, Dave Filoni like going in you knew it was going to be amazing I mean, just from what John Favreau, I'm all, I've always been a, since Swingers, Swingers, right? But just like he doesn't get enough credit for what he did on Iron Man. Mm -hmm. Like this MCU started on on his foundation, yeah. and he and he has the, the capability of doing it for Star Wars as well. Because this the show was just like enjoyable from beginning to end. Um, Mando, I love that. I love that he has no expression, but you can feel his empathy mm -hmm. yeah. and his, throughout yeah. the entire series. Like he's a good person, and like, like he, like just the relationship, the you know, the growing relationship with Baby Yoda or whatever it's going to be called in the future. Like, like I was talking about last time how like we're talking about now presently in our culture, men are starting to show up more in their children's lives, mm. right? And and to witness like a surrogate father, like you know, taking responsibility and fighting it, you know, because he's thinking he has to be something else and saying, no, and then at the end, him getting, you know, you know, this is you, you're one of two, you know, you're responsible for this life. It, it is the way, right? It is the way. Um, and I love the same things. I love the spaghetti Western feel, mm -hmm. you know, I love, um, it feels like George Lucas said he grew up with cereals, right? With these types of cereals. And this was his idea originally for Star Wars, that it was a, uh, 12 yeah. movie series, yeah. um, you know, and we got the middle part or we got the second part, and it feels like they're capturing that with this. It feels like, it, like you're saying, it's fresh. Um, I care, I, they got me to care about the characters immediately. Um, I mean, I'm still Mr. What's, what's my boy's name? Um, I have spoken. Oh, the, uh, the guy, the, the one who played Nick, the Nick Nolte? Nick Nolte. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm well, still messed up about name, that, man. Yeah, that was, that was oh, a rough, was, that was a rough was great. episode in. Yeah. He was, yeah. he was so, yeah, he was so great. Seeing him just, just like, just riding that weird dinosaur thing, you know, yeah. just trying to, you know. But it is, and it's, it, it is, it is healing. You used, Genesis used the right word. It's, it does feel healing to watch this, and it's like the, the redemption of, of a story that, I mean, that I love so much, you know, I, I mean, this, the st Star Wars meant so much to me, like, we, we didn't have heroes growing up, you know, we had comic books, we had heroes, yeah. but they weren't real, right, yeah. um, even, like, for me, Bruce Lee was a huge hero, you know, that I never got, that I'll never get to meet, that I never get to see, you know, uh, the revival of the Skywalker story for me was like, oh, wow, I'm gonna get to see my yeah. hero one more time, yeah. um, and I didn't, but this feels like it's honoring something, yeah. 
it's honoring something that came before it. So I, I love it. It's a great series. I like that you brought up Bruce Lee. It's funny because my uh, suegro, my um, my uh, father-in-law, you know, he's Puerto Rican. You know, he's, he's Puerto Rican. We used to talk. I used to tell him like we have these conversations about how much we love Bruce Lee. And I used to say, man, Bruce Lee deserved like an NAACP award, right? Because the thing about it was was that Bruce Lee at the time, because what happened after Bruce Lee? Every brother that did a black exploitation movie thought he knew Kung Fu. <laughs> Bruce Lee, in a, in a way, because he kicked so much ass, he was a hero to all people of color, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he, he essentially, as, as an action hero, put all of us on his back and said, come with me. That's why, like, man, like to me, like Bruce Lee, to me, is like he's – not the last action. He was the you know the first action hero, the first black action hero in many ways. Well, you, you know, but that's like the same yeah. time that like my mom would tell me that like whenever a black person was just on TV, not yeah. even starting a show, just like oh they're on the Dick Cavett show, the whole neighborhood would gather around just to see that yeah. one black person yeah. be on TV for two minutes. Yeah. So like, I imagine someone like Bruce Lee, yeah. even if he's not black, he's still not, it was he was black enough. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Like, he was, like, he was right. black enough. He yeah. wasn't white. That's what it was. Yeah, it was like yeah. all that dude. But it, I mean, because you know, I always thought to myself, like when we think talk about like cultural appropriation, and I think of black exploitation movies in a weird way. As this, there's like 25, 30 percent of it that it is cultural appropriation from Bruce Lee. Because I remember watching Dolomite movies, right? And Dolomite, man, like somehow all the hookers that were working for him knew Kung Fu too. Yeah. I'm like, this makes no sense. An army of you know, Kung Fu, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Coffee Kung knew Kung yeah. Fu. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pam Greer knew Kung Fu. Truck Turner. All those cats. I always thought to myself, like, but anyways, you know, that's a little bit of a tangent. I want to say something about um, Mandarok. One of the, my favorite lines was was at the end when he gets his signet, and um, I can't remember who says it to him. Says, but because you know, if you um, have done, you know, read some of the EU and um, know some of the canon, is that. There's essentially two Mandalores, right? There was the first one that was conquered. Then there's the second one that was a refugee space for anyone who had been conquered by the in Empire. That the that the Mandalorians were kind of said like everyone's welcome, essentially, right? And that's why I thought was cool when he says Mandalorian's not a race, it's a creed, right? I thought that was super cool because that's something that kind of comes from uh, the comics uh, that you know in some of the canon that hadn't really ever been expressed in any of the films anywhere. Yeah. That was kind of cool, which leads me to another thing I wanted to throw Apollo at you guys. Creed said it. Say what? Apollo Creed. <laughs> oh, Apollo Creed. That Apollo oh, that was Apollo Creed. That was in that scene. Carl, oh, Carl Weathers. Oh, man. man. I know. I still think it's Carl, Carl but, Weathers. But, but also, real quickly, um, Shazam. Um, yeah, also, <laughs> that, was, that was a message for Trump America. Was it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Well, you know, I just speaking about race real quick. Um, uh, you know, the one thing about Star Trek, you can say that there are parts in Star Trek. I'm saying Star Trek, not Star Wars. I want you guys to know I'm saying that intentionally. You're not a real fan. I'm a Trekkie, man. I ain't going to lie. I'm a Trekkie. But uh, just shaking. Everyone's shaking their heads. Okay, but, there was a, but the one thing I'll say for Star Trek is that it's mostly humans on the bridge, right? But over the course of a series and over the course of the canon of Star Trek, that gets addressed. There are points where people will say something like, you know, um, well, you know, you, you know, you know, it seems like it's humans first, you know, you know, organization that we got going on here. Most of the captains, most of the generals are humans like that. Right. Now, I look back at Star Wars, I think to myself, the universe would do itself well if they just committed human genocide, because the thing about it is that the empire seems to be all humans. Am I wrong? Have we seen someone that is part of the empire, the Sith? Well, Other than Darth Maul. Well, that was in the EU a bit. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's translated to this new stuff, but yeah. the Emperor was a racist or, or specious. I don't know what you Really? Say, okay, I did not know that. Like, yeah. That character Graham Lothron, I love that character. Mm -hmm. Part of his story is the Emperor sent him to the outer 
to the, just the edge of the universe, like because you're my most capable general or grand grand ed or grand uh, moth or something like that. Or no, but that's Tar Tarkin is a guy, but he grand moth like moth was it grand admiral moth? Yeah, okay, yeah. You're my most capable one, but you're an alien, and I can't. That's a bad look for me. So so I'm gonna so and so that's a, that's definitely part of it though. The Empire they enslave they enslave you know, aliens, and apparently also black people, according to Rise of Skywalker, right? I mean, like, and also droids. Like, that's the thing, though. Like, the new trilogies, the new Disney movies have asked so many questions of me about the world that now I'm just like, do any of these droids want to do this? Do they have agency, these droids? Yeah. Like, is every stormtrooper that gets shot, are they a brown and, and black person? Like, we'll whatever. About that yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, we're running up on the end of the episode, so I mean, I want to. Um, uh, anyone got any last words on this? Uh, Mandalorian, what are your feelings? What are you looking for for season two? Don't you think that Mando could have put the jetpack on and flew out to distract them while uh, what's the robot's name came out and shot uh, him? Oh, IG, IG, IG. That's, that's the one thing I thought. You mean like, that, that when they're coming out? Like of the you got the jetpack. He he zoomed yeah. out, and they would all looked at you, and then he could have came out and just shot everybody. Yeah, uh, IG Eleven seemed. The weapon that he had What's his name? The guy from Breaking Bad? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't think of his oh, name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had those things, uh, those bombs. Like, I'm like, why doesn't he put those on the cave? Why can't... I was trying... I really wanted him to live. The droid. I fell, I fell in love with the droid. Yeah. Yeah. And that relationship... Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think the, the largest reason why they killed him was because Taika Waititi couldn't be on all the shows. But, but uh, and also, it's really good for the story. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there I think was so many ways. I kept him for one more season. Yeah, yeah. I think there's something cool, though, about the idea. Once again, new ideas. Like, I, as I was heading to the end of that season, I could see, like, oh, okay, so the next season is going to be him, Gina, the robot, and Carl Weathers on a ship together, like, trying to teach baby Yoda. You know, I could see that in my head of, like, how they can turn this into, like, like a, a the new modern family, yeah, or something like that, right? And there's a, but there's a part of me that kind of likes that, like, oh, it's like, no, that's not that. Like, like even even at the end, it's just like I have no idea what season two is going to be about. I have an idea, but like, I don't know. I think I think I see what you're saying. Like, I love the character too. I think there's something cool about like not knowing what they're going to do. Like, yeah, no, it was it was whatever. like Rogue One when it was when that happened and they all went out. It was like right. that still like yeah. just like we're rooting for them. <laughs> like I was really rooting for them, but I mean. Yeah. And it's it's Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah, you know? exactly. And if you read that series, like that's how every like it's always yeah. them. It's all about that relationship. It's just those yeah. two kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, that's that's cool. You think they're gonna group him up like Yoda? Like is he gonna? Because like that's what I, I saw that she didn't like about the Guardians movies. I lo I love me like baby Groot. <laughs> so like seeing him turn into like teenage Groot, it was cute. But like I you know but like you, you lose a little bit of the uh, the allure for me. So I wonder if they're like the next. I don't think it's gonna be possible because he's 50 now. Oh, that's true. So in another 50 years, that's true. Mando will be dead. Yeah, that's true. That's and he'll be like point. saying his first words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. That's true. He'll be like, yeah, like a seven-year-old or something like that. All right, all right, all right. Well, you guys, we are five minutes past our shutdown time. Anyways. <laughs> Oh, is that right? I don't know, man. I'm just Soul saying that. Yeah. I know. What's going on here? What are we doing next? This is a penis uh, flytrap. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm a married man. That's not my thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm a happily married man. That's not my uh, Any last words on any of this, you guys? No? All right, well. Yeah, I'll say one yeah, thing. Okay, um, what's that? 
George Lucas. Um, he sold Star Wars for like what four point oh five billion dollars. Yes. Um, brilliant move. No doubt. Not you know what I'm saying because he he pretty much um, he didn't tarnish his legacy. He tarnished the franchise obviously by giving it to Disney. Well, I mean I want to say that because it's uneven. Rogue One was great. Yeah. Mandalorian is excellent. Yeah. It's just this, this last trilogy was horrible. But the brilliant move in that was this, la this last trilogy is so horrible that it makes his last trilogy look respectable. So yeah. And he got four billion dollars out of it. So yeah. good move, George. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but bad oh, for the rest yeah. of us. No, no doubt. No he doubt. could have started his own streaming service, though, yeah. and he made could. a lot more. He could. Uh, he could. But I think. I think he. he but I agree with you. I think he's playing. You know, three dimensional, hyper dimensional chess. It's like you know, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna give it to Disney. They're gonna. They're gonna jack it up so bad that people are gonna, gonna <laughs> like look at movies. the Phantom Menace and say that's a classic. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, <yes>. right. <laughs> They'd be like, "How you like Jar Jar now?" Yeah. I, I still hate him. <laughs> I still I'll tell you how him. I still like him. Oh my god, watch yeah. those movies. George Lucas, yeah, he no, he tarnished his legacy yeah, by making those movies. The trade Jar Binks is the worst, dude. Like the Trade Federation wasn't. Oh, much they're better, so dude. bad too, dude. Man, it's like, what was he thinking? I don't know, man. Yeah, he said Jar Jar Binks, like, fuck George Lucas. Yes, <laughs> but the, but dude, those Trade Federation cats. <laughs> The Asian stereotype yeah, was much oh, more. That's more. That's a problem. Like that is so much worse than any because yeah. anything. Any oh gosh, what was he thinking? I don't know. Is he married to a sister? He was cash yeah. Dead. Yeah. yeah. Right. He was also. I mean, this is not defending him at all. Uh huh. But I mean, you think about the shit that he was watching growing up, and <laughs> you know, Charlie Chan, was Charlie Chan and yeah. like. You know that stuff that you know that Bruce Lee broke. He right? was a man of his time, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's not okay, but but I mean he's like, hey, I want to bring back my childhood. Yeah. Nope, <laughs> should have left it alone, George. Uh, I would do that. All right, well, <laughs> how do you sign off? How do we sign off? All right, well that was uh, Butte Number Minority. Uh, I want to thank my my homeboy uh, Jared Sams, the Bird Master General, Frank Escamilla, Professor Flex. Wait, wait, I'm changing it. Professor Mex. Professor Ooh. Mex. All right, I'm with that. All right. Um, Vanessa Flores, Mas Fuego, always more fire. And then my homie, Tendai Nayachoto. Tendai Nayachoto, the 10th planet, comes back. Thank you very much. Respect.